Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi there, we're back. We're glad that you're back too, wherever you are, whoever you are, and where you're listening from, we are still in Maui. And welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. Coming to you from a little island in the Pacific today, and it's a beautiful sunny day, and we've just been talking to some of our kids who are in a snowy place, and so isn't the world an amazingly diverse planet, Linda? You could be anywhere on it, and you'd have a different kind of beauty. Just imagine what our ancestors would think if we could just get on a plane and six hours later be... And going from, you know, five, six feet of snow to beautiful sunshine and verdant grain, it's pretty amazing. We oh, are yeah. grateful to be here. A lot of people like that snow better than anything else. And um, we're just grateful for all of it. And if our ancestors would be amazed about air travel, think how amazed they'd be about, you know, podcasts and uh, YouTube right, yeah. and social right. media and all the rest. Although we had a long, interesting discussion with our son the other night about how, how you know, he feels like an, the, the kids in today's world lack so much initiative compared to when he was growing up. And even in social things, how, you know, their, their social media sort of fills a certain need and causes them to not feel the need to really connect to other kids socially and we're talking about how different dating is now and how different, you know, social gatherings are now because they happen so much online. It is pretty amazing. We were just realizing, I mean, when you aren't around young children all the time, you don't really realize how much it's changed. It's changed so much. I mean, our grandchildren are doing well, but they are growing up in a totally different world than our children grew up in. And that is not the topic for today, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is wonderful to just think a little about where we are and where we're going and where our families are going, and we do it all the time. One reason we're, we love this little respite that we have each year in, in Hawaii is that we get so much writing done. We've got so many notes of things, articles we wanted to write, things we wanted to do. Um, one article that I've been working on hard here the last week, and Linda's my best editor and helper, is is about faith, people losing faith, faith crisis. Why are so many people today slipping away from the faith of their fathers and of their ancestors and of their parents and of their family? And we've got some ideas on that. And it's for those of you that want to explore that, or that's an interesting topic, the title of the article is Unity, Faith Crisis, and Paradigm Shifts. <laughs> and it's a fairly long article. Linda was a little worried about it, but... We were going to put it in parts, but we decided just put it all on for this long weekend, and it's on Meridian Magazine. Those of you who have never experienced Meridian Magazine, you should go on there. It's a, it's a daily newspaper, faith-based, that has really interesting, some of our best friends write and contribute there occasionally, and uh we really like it. Just meridianmagazine.com and, and the cover article 
this weekend for the whole weekend uh, for the uh, for the holiday weekend is this article about faith crisis, unity, and paradigm shifts, and we're trying to explore a little bit why uh, things are different, why the world is a different place now than it was a few years ago, and how families can survive times when there are differences politically or religiously or or people who are disagreeing on fundamental things. How, how can we continue to grow together and how can we avoid political or religious differences uh, splitting up our families? Yeah, it is becoming more and more um, prevalent and more and more important to know what to do about it. It is, I mean, not that we can change the world, but it is really good to think about. But back to January, um, we are, we've been here for a week with our son, which has been so great, but, and we've enjoyed our time so much. And I don't know what your situation is, whether you have children at home or whether you're empty nesters, but um, we have really thought a lot. I thought a lot about what I want to do now this year. And then I had, uh, we had a dinner the other night with a young woman. She's 29 years old. Um, with three little children, but she's married to a husband who's 20 years older than her. And so they've had a lot of life experience and um, together, well, nine years, she was 20 when they got married, but she is amazing, was amazing about the plans for her future and her life, her her three anchors and her five roots and things that are really important to her. And I just think, wow, you know, we we always do that at the first of the year. And then I have friends who say, no, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it because I just put them down and then I don't do it. Yeah. yeah. New <laughs> Year's so resolution. I just think that it does give us perspective, though, to start new on something at some point. And January is a good time to talk about it. Well, and as you long-term listeners, Tires on the Road, know, we, we usually devote the first week, the first podcast of each month, to a new perspective or a new approach to our gratitude journals. What are we going to focus on being especially thankful for this month? And we didn't do that last last week, the first week of this, the first podcast of this month, because we had other things on our mind, but we're going to do it today. We're going to catch up. And so, as you point out, Linda, the, 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 the tilt or the approach to gratitude this month for us, and we hope you'll join us, is having gratitude for perspective, having gratitude for the new year, having gratitude for the fresh start that each new year brings. And we want to share some thoughts about that with you today, many of them related to family, as always. And we want to give you a challenge, right? A challenge right. for the rest of January and a challenge for starting the new year off with a with a new perspective. So let us let us read you a little from some of the work we've been trying to do on this. And we'll we'll read a little and we'll stop and comment on it. This is from our book, Daily Thanks, which is our kind of gratitude journal where every month is a different type of gratitude. And you, many of you have gratitude journals of your own, and we just invite you to think with us on this perspective this month. 
So let's start right here, honey. It's called perspective. Our seeing is improved not so much by a new ocular prescription as by increasing awareness and perspective. With deliberate effort, we can open our minds to light and become as one bird, a light, but with winged heart, feeling the world all around and able to fly up and see it all from above. You know, we have a a Bulgarian daughter, we call her our Bulgarian daughter, a a young girl named who's, who's not that young anymore, but was 16 when we had the privilege because our daughter was a missionary in Bulgaria and found this lovely young girl whose biggest dream of all time was to come to America and study and be here. And it worked out that we could help her come and help her with school. And she became part of our family. Her name is Eva Timothy. Her name at that time was Eva Koliva. Koliva, actually. Koliva, I guess I have my pronunciation. But uh, (laughs) she married a wonderful friend of our, a friend of a family who'd been our friend for a long, long time, named Adam Timothy. And so Eva Timothy is a noted artist who many of you have seen her work. She's a photographer and an artist. but She's showing up in a lot of places right now. What reminded me, though, Linda, is when you said we can open our minds to light. Her whole perspective, correct me if I oversimplify this, Linda, but her whole perspective is light. She looks for light. She tries to capture light. That's the essence of her art. And she sees light in so many different ways. She sees a different kind of light in different people's faces. She sees a certain kind of light in landscapes and in in other beauty in the world and she 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 focuses on she light is not an element of what she sees light is the essence of what she sees yes it, she's pretty amazing she's so excited i mean light excites her so she yeah, is excited yeah, all yeah. the time <laughs> right. but what she has created is absolutely astonishing uh through print and through uh, I, we don't even know exactly how she did layers and layers and layers of print, printing beautiful, um, beautiful pieces, a lot about the Savior, but not exclusively because she will take light wherever she can get it. So let's carry on here and, and have you be, be thinking about this and applying it to your family and to your perspective as the new year begins. Can you state the difference between man and God? In two words, is to even ask or to try blasphemous? If we did attempt, the two words might be awareness and perspective. We see everything in such a narrow slice, a sliver, really. God sees all. Our perspective is earthly and mortal. His is eternal and perfect. What saves us is awareness and our perspective, and both are expandable. As we sense that, as his children, we have infinitely more in common than different. I, I really like that thought. I mean that, you know, we 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 have a theology that teaches us that we are literally children of God. And that makes us both humble and 
confident in a way, humble in the sense that we recognize the difference between God's perfection and our gross, complete imperfection, but potential and confidence and faith in the sense that we really are his children. And so if we if we understand that we are not different in kind, but different in degree, God is our father, but his awareness is complete and his perspective is full and ours is so narrow. And we struggle to learn and grow and it gets back to light, being able to see light and understand his light. And gradually, a tiny, tiny infinitesimal step at a time, we become more like our Heavenly Father. Uh, well, consider this, awareness. We have five senses and use only a fraction of each, and a sixth in the soul, often dormant, but always summonable. I like that. because It's there. I, it is there. And, and just summon it. I, I maybe because of the light here, I've been thinking so much about that this week. We're here for a reason, and we have to figure out what it is, and we have to keep going no matter what hard things are in in front of us, because our soul wants to feel light and success and and love, and it, it is really so important. We just kind of that gets lost in the minutia, especially by mid January sometimes. Absolutely. So. Going on, were we all more aware, we would all be more grateful. For awareness is the sense and perception of what is around us and what is in us, and the epiphany that all or both come from God, those who see that, who really see it, who really see that God gives all to us. Those people also see God. The shortest perspective is eat, drink, and be merry. But that kind of merriness never turns into joy. Yeah, this next part I really like, too. A middle perspective is duty. And while it keeps commandments and follows laws, it does not now or ever exalt the soul. I am a duty person. As you know, I am getting, I mean, I'm always thinking about what do I have to do today? What do I need to get done? Who needs what and when? I I am really enveloped with duty all the time. And thank goodness for that. Thank goodness there's that element in our lives. I mean, it's the Mary and Martha, right, from the Bible. Martha was not the the non-hero of that story. She was one of the two heroes. Martha was all about duty and service, and God blessed her for that. But Mary saw things that Martha missed, beauties that she didn't experience. And, And that's what we're trying to look at is both of those perspectives today. And, and so, you know, the longest perspective is eternity. And oh, how that perspective can change us, extending our view from finite to infinite, letting us see suddenly that we are not growing up from the earth, but hanging down from the sky. And we need to take a break. But doesn't that remind you of of Wordsworth's poem that that we, um, let's be sure we quote it correctly. 
that that our birth is but asleep into forgetting the soul that rises with us, our life star comes from another place, and that we are children of divine parentage. <laughs> so let's take a little break. Let's have you think about that and let Linda have a little cough here. And we'll come back and try to apply this to our lives and our families today, this perspective of the beginning of the year. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. We are uh, almost finished with these thoughts about today. The things that we need to think about is according, according to perspective. Well, what's our perspective? Is it the duty in front of us or is it the light and the world around us? It really is good to think about. And how do we boil these sort of ethereal thoughts down into a challenge that we want to give you in connection with gratitude and gratitude journals for the month? So to wrap this up, we we really think a two-way eternity, not only forward, forever forward, but forever back into pre-mortal life where we, full of perspective, shouted for joy at the prospect of coming to this physical place to struggle and fumble and fizzle and fail and to learn from it all to progress in ways not possible until body and agency and family of our own made us more like God. So part of the perspective, Linda, is just pulling back. It's just pulling back and seeing the bigger picture. Remember that one video we used to like that started out on a picnic blanket in a little park in Boston and here was this little family and then they'd go out 10 feet and you'd see it from above and then they'd go out 100 feet. So times 10 again. And now you're in the sky looking down on this small blanket and then they'd go another one a thousand feet. And now you're starting to see the city around them. And then again, 10,000 feet. And now you're starting to see all of Boston, a hundred thousand feet. Now you're right. starting to see, you know, the curvature of the earth and just how every time you pull back and see more and see the bigger picture, you you have a different perspective. And that's why we're so grateful for our faith, which causes us to believe and teaches us that we didn't start here. We started in a pre-mortal life and that this world was created for us in order that we could come here and have a mortality with all of its vicissitudes and all of its problems and learn from that and grow and develop ourselves in ways that allowed us to become a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more like God, a little more like the divine, and to have the opportunity to return to another place where we are with God again and where we find ourselves a little bit more like him. So that perspective precipitates and promotes and produces gratitude. How could it not? Because it presupposes a Father God who wants to give us all he has. And boy, you know, we've gone, we've pretty much done that from, gone from the mundane today to outer space, to God and (laughs) what he expects of us and so on. Um, But it does give you perspective to pull back and, and get past your little where you are right now and see what's possible. 
No, we're not suggesting that every day you can get up and just sort of be this creature of the universe that sees everything and has everything in perspective and everything, you know, as as part of our overall paradigm. Because life is real. Life is earnest. I mean, we, we have problems every day. Yeah, it gets down to the little goals that you have set. I have not done my stretching this morning we had to take our son to the uh, airport early <laughs> i have not done the things that i had written down i'm going to do this every day so and because we're doing this today on the podcast i think i'll do it after before we jump in the car to go somewhere else but it really is interesting to think how often we go from the tiny little Actually, usually where we are is in the what's in the minutia, yeah. In front of us, getting through the day, meeting the putting out the fires, meeting the little challenges, and that's important. It is important. It is important. But it is funny that we're having kind of a microcosm of this today because our plan was to go to the beach and do some perspective and do some writing and thinking and so on, and and we are going to do that, but. We had to think pretty hard about it because there's all these little things around here we kind of should do, you know, and <laughs> should take care of. And so I guess it's all about finding a balance between thinking cosmically and big and divinely and and just being good people who do their duty and, you know, finish off the things that need to be done. So we have a challenge for you for your gratitude journal during the month of January, the rest of the month. And we hope that you will join us. And if you don't have a gratitude journal, get one. No, <laughs> if you don't have one, just make one, write create it on a one, piece of paper. Create one. That's because, all you can be, do it. Because all of this stems from gratitude, from finding the things on every level, from the cosmic, the eternal, right down to the mundane day-to-day when you notice a little beetle and how the sun shines off its back. It's it's all about noticing and finding gratitude in that awareness and that perspective, right? Right. So here's a challenge for you. Here we go. Wake up. Notice more. Take more in. Spend less time inside yourself worrying and more time out your, outside of yourself rejoicing. Let's pause there for a minute. Isn't, isn't it interesting that the more our thoughts, the higher percentage of our thoughts that center on ourselves, and you have to think about yourself. You have to think about your health. You have to think about your job. You have to think about your, you know, the, the things you're supposed to do that day and the things that others are depending on you for. I mean, that's all important. But would you agree that when we spend less time inside ourselves worrying, it allows us to spend more time outside of ourselves, being grateful, noticing, um, helping, seeing the needs of others, being empathetic, getting outside of ourselves? What a goal. What a goal for January. You know, I had a real epiphany last month. Uh, We had invited some of our dear friends to meet another of our kind of our mentors for our whole lives who we met in Boston and had written books and had done so many wonderful things and now is working on an art project. Two wonderful people who are in their 90s now. 
wonderful wife who is my hero. And this is Richard and Claudia Bushman for any of you who may know them, but they are just remarkable people. But so we had invited them to uh, come to breakfast with another friend who we thought could really help. Well, two other, two other couples who we thought could really help with their project, this hard thing that they were doing. And we got there and, um, the lady, our waitress said, well, do you want to do the buffet? And we said, well, sure. We went over for lunch. We said, sure. So we started with plates and we started down and we realized it was breakfast. It was one o'clock in the afternoon, but it was a breakfast <laughs> buffet. By then people had already been filling their plates up with eggs and stuff. And like, well, what are we doing here? And I thought, oh, shoot, we could turn around. But several of the women had already gone ahead and put things on their plates. So I thought, okay, well, we'll just do it. So the whole time that we ate breakfast, the men just kind of minced on things with a little salad on their plate or whatever. And the whole time I was just thinking, why didn't I just stop everybody right then and say, put your plates back. Let's just have lunch. The eggs are kind of old anyway. uh, (laughs) These eggs have been sitting here for three hours. Oh my gosh, what have I done? And I just was so obsessed with that until we got into the conversation. Well, actually, after we left the table, I thought, We had such Why a marvelous. We, yeah. we had a marvelous uh, conversation. Great ideas came up, and so on. And speaking of Mary and Martha, you know, I was being the Martha, like, oh gosh, and plus it was expensive, and yeah. you know, yeah. all that. And I was just so wrapped up in that. And then I, I left, and I, I contemplated that. I felt bad for a while, and then I thought back and thought, wait, what happened to that table was so much more important than what we ate. Or what anyone thought, or what it cost, or what it cost, or anything. It was such a magic moment of of connection, and I think if we could just do that more often and quit worrying about the little minutiae stuff. I'm talking to myself. Right? Well, it was a t- it was a neat yeah. moment for it's a perfect example and a personal end because you, in those few minutes, you transitioned or moved or, or transformed from uh, a Martha to a Mary. Well, well I think it took until the next day. <laughs> okay, okay. To quit worrying about it. <laughs> to quit worrying about it. But once I thought of that, I mean, it's just an epiphany of like, oh my gosh, why was I so worried about that? I mean, it's okay. Nobody was ruined or was, you know, everything worked out in the end. And I think so often we worry about the little stuff when we just need to be thinking about the big stuff. So the challenge, again, let me go back and start from the first. Wake up, notice more, take more in, spend less time inside yourself worrying and more time outside yourself rejoicing. If you have troubles, see through them. If you have challenges, see over them. If you have blessings, see God's hand in them. So that's the perspective. Now, here's here's what we'd like you to focus on, what we're going to focus on in our gratitude journals now this month. This month, taste, smell, look, and listen harder. Taste harder, smell harder, look harder. <laughs> Listen harder and feel more with both your skin and your soul. In your book, each day, write down one new thing that one of your senses revealed to you. And let your increasing awareness give you the perspective that catalyzes gratitude. That's really good, honey. 
So try to um, find a time, try to find a moment each day, even if it's only a moment, to focus on what you are now sensing, what you are now feeling, what you are now seeing, what you are now listening to, and focus on it a little harder and so that it turns from awareness into gratitude. I mean, that's the interesting thing. Awareness doesn't necessarily mean gratitude, but if you dwell on the awareness long enough, it'll transform into gratitude. I mean, it's one thing to look at something and say, that's beautiful. And it's another thing to say, and I'm thankful for it. I'm not only thankful for it, I'm thankful to God for it. I'm the recipient of a gift. I am grateful. And to say that little thing in your mind, and then what will help is if this month, if we each each time we have that kind of experience, we just write it down. It's only a few words. Something we saw, something we noticed, something we felt that we're grateful for. And sometimes the hard things make just other, you know, normal things better. I mean, you realize that you're grateful. You may have a hard time here, but you're grateful for that. I have a hitch in my hip right now as you know, and I have, I've looked forward to being here and walking and jogging and having so much fun. And now I can't move so much, but I have thought about so thought about it so much and have nursed along and pushed myself a little bit harder. And now it's getting a little better every day. And I'm thinking, Oh, I forgot to be so grateful. Well, it was good when it was good (laughs) when I could just do anything. I, I mean, not anything, but and I'm certainly not a distance runner, but I mean that I had a body and I remember saying, I'm so grateful for my body, but then you just kind of forget about it until something happens. And then you think, oh gosh, why didn't I just appreciate that more when I could just do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. So that's probably a good, that's probably a really good juxtaposition thought to close on that if we could only feel the same intensity when we have a problem we have a worry we have a hurt we have a pain we have a sickness we have this we're so aware we're so intensely involved in that and so sad or mad or disappointed or feeling unfortunate that we have that we feel that with a lot of intensity could we just find the same intensity in our appreciation when things are not bad or when we don't have a sore hip or when you know we're we're okay uh, on even a certain part. It's like, do you wake up in the morning saying what hurts on me today, or do you wake up in the morning saying what feels okay today? It doesn't <laughs> is, hurt. Is the glass half empty or half full? You know all that. We all know it. We just want to do it more, and maybe writing it down in a gratitude journal, something that our senses or our soul reveals to us that day, can make us a little more grateful a little more perspective, a little more awareness. And that's our hope for ourselves and for you during the month of January. Good luck as we dive into 2023. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye till then. Bye.